Our scripture comes out of the book of John, the gospel of John, John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. It's found, well, I'm not exactly sure what page it's found there in your Bible. You're invited to follow along in your Bible or there on our picture-in-picture screen. Uh, It is going to be showing up. So again, uh, John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. Morgan is here to read our scripture for us this morning. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, He will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and as always, make it be for us the word of life that we might be for the world people of life. Now, O oh God, hide me behind your cross that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I have I have used a description of this section of the Apostles' Creed that we have come to. I've, I've used a description that this is, the, this is kind of like the, the junk drawer section of our creed. You, you, know, you know what that junk drawer? Uh, maybe it's there in your kitchen. Maybe it's there in your den. Uh, maybe it's there in your utility room. It's the junk drawer that you, that you throw in everything you're not exactly sure what else to do with. In that junk drawer, well, some of you... Um, I'm not going to name names, uh, but some of you have spent the last couple of days probably even cleaning out that junk drawer. You're, you're, um, so, uh, you have such cabin fever, you've even cleaned out that junk drawer. But in that junk drawer, you're going to find things like a, a, a spare rubber band, some, some thumbtacks, uh, uh, a small pair of pliers, uh, uh, some keys to an old house, or a, or a tape measure, or some shoestrings that you know are going to 
fit some shoe that you that you have. Maybe it's a uh, maybe there's some uh, some pieces to a, a a washing machine that you know that well you used to have the wash washing machine and maybe just maybe it'll it'll fit in your current washing machine or or maybe there's just simply an an old an old watch. It seems as though that the authors of the Apostles' Creed, they threw everything into this last section. All those things they weren't exactly sure what in the world to do with, they just kind of threw them all in this, in this junk drawer kind of thing. But I, I propose that I don't think this is, a, this is necessarily a, a junk drawer because I think all of these things have something in common. And I think what they have in common is is the opening words of, of this section of the creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I think it very, may, very, very well may be that, that the Holy Spirit has a part to play in all of these other things, the, uh, the, the, the universal church and the, the communion of the saints and the resurrection of the dead and the forgiveness of, of sins, all of those things. I think, the Holy, I think those are oftentimes the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There have been volumes, I mean volumes of books written about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is mentioned 84 times in the Old Testament and an astounding 261 times in the New Testament. The, this understanding of, of the Holy Spirit obviously must emanate from Scripture. A study of the Holy Spirit is, is called pneumatology. It's, it's, where we, it's where we get the word, well, not, well so in, in Greek and Hebrew, um, at least in Greek, the, the, the Greek word for uh, spirit is pneuma, uh, which means breath or wind. And so you, you can see then that that's where we get the, uh, the, the term uh, pneumatic, or if, if you know anything about an air tool, it's a pneumatic tool. And so oftentimes in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is closely associated with, with wind or with breath. And so we find even, even, in the, even in the beginning of Scripture, in the creation account, you have that God breathed in breathe life into those first humans. And so we have the very Spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit arriving even at creation. The Holy Spirit is the third person of, of the Trinity. And it is the, I mean, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity that we have, to be honest, we have the most connection with, that we have the most, um, well, access to as well. Indeed, in, in our minds, I mean, for many of us, we, we have this understanding of God the Father. I mean, we know what it's like to, to have, an, an, have an earthly dad. We, we know what that's like. We know as well what it's like to have for that father to have a son. And so we kind of understand all of that. But then, but then you've got the Holy Spirit. And, and we're not exactly sure what to do with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we almost treat like the, the, the Holy Spirit like he's the, like he's the crazy uncle. We're not exactly sure what in the world to do with, with the Holy Spirit. And I think some of it is because, is because there, are, there are some things that are, uh, that are unusual and supernatural that we find. We find those in, 
in, in the Bible. We find those in Scripture, especially beginning on the day of Pentecost. But even, but even before Pentecost, we find even in the Old Testament that, that, that the Holy Spirit would fall on someone and they would, they would start doing these odd things. They would have some, some odd gifts that they had never had before. We even find some of, the, uh, some of the Old Testament kings, they would begin to prophesy. Or There's just some, some weird and unusual things that go on with the Holy Spirit. And we're not exactly sure what to do with those things. We're not exactly sure what to do with those things. The Holy Spirit will work in, will, will work in unexpected and miraculous ways. I, I want you to know that. Those of you who have not thought much about the Holy Spirit, I, I just want to warn you that when, when, you began to, when you began to have a more full understanding of the Holy Spirit, you need to know that the Holy Spirit will indeed work in unexpected and miraculous ways. Again, we find it all throughout the Old Testament. We find it especially beginning in Pentecost. We find it in throughout the book of Acts, the miraculous and crazy things that are going on in the book of Acts. Jesus, at one point, even talks about how it's better for him to go away, for him to ascend to the Father that we looked at last week. It's best that he goes away so that his followers then would have access to the to the Holy Spirit. There are some. There are some in the charismatic and Pentecostal movement that have, that have so focused on the unusual and supernatural ways of the Holy Spirit that they have lost, I think they've lost their way just a bit. And, and again, no doubt, no doubt, there are unusual and unexpected and supernatural ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Many of you have heard my story about how, how, the, how I had a, a, an experience with the Holy Spirit when I was a senior in high school and how really that changed the trajectory of my life. I think it was because of, of, that, of that event that I don't think it was by accident that it was just a few short months later that I felt a call to be a United Methodist pastor. I felt a call to ministry. I, I think it started there when the Holy Spirit fell upon me in a very, very powerful, powerful way. Charismatics and those in the Pentecostal movement, they, they focus a lot on the supernatural and the miraculous. Praying in tongues or, or, praying or, or having a personal prayer language is so very important. And, and by the way, by the way, I, I think maybe over the last couple of years, I, I may have even begun to refer to myself as a bit of a charismatic as well. I understand, and, and we as a church, we affirm and understand these supernatural gifts, these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's a prayer language that you have. Maybe it is a gift of healing. Maybe it has been a, 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 a special outpouring of a, or a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all of those things are legitimate. Here at First Church, we understand that. 
We understand that. And as, as, I have, as many of you have heard me say before, we are, we are one of the, the most uh, open United Methodist churches in the Oklahoma Conference to the work and the move of the Holy Spirit. And, and we, need to continue, we need to continue those things, especially during our nights of worship and prayer. We, we, have, we have seen outpourings of the Holy Spirit. We have, we have heard about healings. We have, we have heard about visions. And certainly we understand and affirm all of those things, words of knowledge and, and dreams that God, that God has given us. But sometimes, sometimes, some folks will so overemphasize the uh, the the uh, the supernatural and the and the unusual and uh, and and the miraculous that they they tend to they tend to forget about the usual and common ways that the Holy Spirit acts. They have they they have so focused on the on the extraordinary that they are overemphasized and the usual is underemphasized. Some of us, because we've been around maybe the charismatic or Pentecostal movement, and we have seen the, uh, we have seen the uh, kind of the underbelly of that movement, and, and how sometimes, sometimes I, I have seen folks that have, that have tried to manipulate uh, the work and the, and the move of the Holy Spirit, and we have become uh, we have become pneumophobic, meaning we have, we have begun to fear the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I know some churches that would almost act as if the Trinity is not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but instead they act as if the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Bible. They just completely and, and totally leave out the Holy Spirit because they have come into contact with those who have, who have emphasized the, the unusual or miraculous to such a degree that it just kind of weirds them out. Let me, let me tell you, friends, we don't need to be weirded out by the Holy Spirit. We mustn't be weirded out by the Holy Spirit. We must come to understand and embrace not just the miraculous way that the Holy Spirit works. And those of you who may be watching that are a little bit, uh, you're, you're outside of that movement, you've never seen that, or, or maybe you've seen it a little bit and again it just weirded you out so much, I would encourage you to really begin to search the Scriptures and see what you believe the Bible has to say about this from beginning to end. I find that God is working in miraculous and extraordinary and unusual and supernatural ways from beginning to end. And I believe that God does the exact same thing today. And so I would encourage you to, to open up your hearts to the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. But then, then there are the common and ordinary ways that that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And again, they've become so common and ordinary that we think they're not miraculous or we think that they are not supernatural. But I would, I would propose today that these, these ways that the Holy Spirit works, the ordinary and the common ways, are just as miraculous, just as supernatural as those, who are th those activities that are more extraordinary in nature. 
I think in our passage of Scripture, there are a few things that I find. I find that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Jesus begins this teaching here in really his teaching about the Holy Spirit. He says, Uh, He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Jesus makes a close connection between keeping his commandments and the indwelling Holy Spirit. I think that is such an important, an important ministry of the Holy Spirit, is it is the Holy Spirit empowers us for godly living. Some of us, some of us who are not exactly familiar of, uh, with, with the work and the, especially the common work of the Holy Spirit, I have found that um, the Holy Spirit works not only in believers, but even those who are not yet believers. Some that are outside of the church would just simply say, well, that's my conscience telling me that, it, that something is wrong. Have you ever noticed that there is something uh, internal inside everyone that helps us understand right from wrong? Everyone, everyone knows that stealing is wrong. People know that lying is wrong. People know right from wrong. There is something internal inside of us that help us to, uh, helps us to understand the difference between right and wrong. It's the convicting work of the Holy Spirit upon us. And those of us who are believers, those who are Christians, we understand that even more dynamically because we understand what it's like to be convicted of sin. Now, 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 now let me put the brakes on here just a bit because you may think that well, gosh, I mean, if the Holy Spirit is just there convicting us of sin, isn't that really judgmental? I mean, we don't really believe in a judgmental kind of God, so why in the world would we, why in the world would we want this indwelling Spirit to convict us of sin all the time? Well, let me give you a, a very quick illustration. This, this past week, we, were, um, we had driven out uh, to go feed cattle on on Tuesday, and we were coming back, um, down, um, driving down I-40, and and we had we were driving my wife's car, and we had a blowout on that car. I hadn't had a flat on a car for a long, long time, so we had to pull off the highway and uh, change the tire. And so, as we were driving back into Oklahoma City, I remembered that uh, our son had he's been driving my pickup, and uh, the the tire well he, he has a tire that's been that's been going low. And uh, he, so he took it, took it into the tire shop, and they said, um, yeah, your, your tire's been going low because uh, the, the uh, sidewall has, a little, has some cracks in it, and you need to get those tires, you need to get those tire, tires changed out. So, I mean, there, there are a couple of reasons that the, that the tire shop could have been telling us uh, that we had cracks in the, uh, on, the, on, the, um, uh, on the sidewall of those tires. They may have just simply been trying to sell us a four set a, a set of four tires and wanted to charge us a thousand dollars to do that or it very well could have been that they were actually trying to help us they were they were pointing something out that was that was wrong with my pickup they i mean it wasn't like they were telling us my pickup was trash no they were they were just saying that if you don't get this taken care of now you're going to have some problems down the road i think 
That's like the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit speaks to our own hearts and empowers us for godly living, it's not as if the Holy Spirit is looking at us and saying, oh gosh, your life is a mess. I'm just simply condemning you. No, no, the work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit says, okay, now there's something wrong here that you need to correct because if you don't correct it, it's going to lead to some big, big problems down the road. That's the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. That's how the Spirit works in our hearts and empowers us for godly living. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. And keeping his commandments is part of the, is part of the way that the, that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. An, another, another role of the, of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit assures us of our salvation. There are, there are some, there are some who would say that they, you can never really be sure whether you are saved or not. I mean, I have, I get that question quite often. Pastor, I'm just not, I'm just not sure. I'm, 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 and, and oftentimes it will, it will show up as a, as a fear of death. I mean, people are afraid to die, and, and no doubt during this during this virus epidemic, there, there is some, there's some legitimate fear to be had. I mean, there, it, at least early on, they've been talking about the mortality rate at, at 2 or 3% with this virus. Obviously, there's some debate on what exactly is the mortality rate. They've been talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of people all around the world are going to die because of this virus outbreak. And I have found that I found that a number of people are afraid to die. John Wesley, the founder of the the founder of the Methodist movement, said that a Christian will not and cannot grow until and unless they are sure of their salvation. And he said, assurance of salvation is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in this passage, I will not leave you as orphans. We will be, it will become clearly evident to us, he goes on to say, that we are God's children. Let me ask you this question. Those of you who, have, who are parents or grandparents or those of you who have children that you love, Imagine one of your children coming to you and, and asking, Mom, Dad, do you, do you love me? What would be your response? As a parent or as a grandparent, what would be your response? Would you simply remain silent? Or would you gather them up in your arms, set them on your lap, take their head and their face in your hands and, and look at them right in the eye and say, of course I love you. Don't ever, ever doubt that I love you. You see, I believe that's the role of the, of the Holy Spirit. We will not, we will not grow in our faith journeys until and unless we are sure that we are saved. If you are unsure about your salvation, if you have found yourself 
fearful of death. If you have found yourself petrified because you're so worried that you might contract this virus and, 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 and then die and you're not exactly sure what's going to happen to you after you die, if you are a believer, I, I just, just simply pause for a few moments, just where you are, just simply pause for a few moments and ask the Lord to make you sure of your salvation. Ask the Holy Spirit to confirm with your spirit that you are indeed a, a child of God. If you're not yet a believer, if you've never taken that step of faith and trusted Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you to do that today. Here in a few moments, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us all in a, in a prayer that will help you understand what it's like to give your heart and your life to Christ, to God through Jesus Christ. It is a gift of God, this assurance of salvation, and it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, finally, in verse, in verse 26, Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit points people to Christ. That's the role. That's one, of the, that's, one of the Holy, that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of others brings us to Jesus Christ. You know, I believe that this is a season in, in, in which people are deeply, deeply yearning. We've seen it time and again throughout church history. Revivals have been sparked when there was, a, uh, when there was a, either a, a global epidemic, health epidemic just like this, or a downturn in the economy, or a global war. Or uh, what, what we have found is that, is that whenever, during those darkest days of culture, during those darkest days of culture, God is working. Because I believe that, that it brings up a lot of fear in people. It brings up, a, 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 I mean, we begin to recognize our own mortality. We spend most of our lives trying to avoid our own mortality. I mean, we're getting, uh, we're getting Botox, we're getting tummy tucks, we're getting lifted here and, 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 and changed here. All, all the main reason is so that we'll... We'll try to appear younger and make us think that we're younger. Make us, make us think that we aren't marching day by day by day closer to our own death. I know that's not a fun thing to think about. But in these times, I believe that there is a deep spiritual hunger. A deep spiritual hunger out there and that's why we as Christians we must do all that we can even during this season of social social distancing even during this season we must do all that we can to be workers for the kingdom of God point helping the Holy Spirit point others in the direction of Christ it's why all of these things that we share on, on social media, our Facebook page, uh, I, I, we have a wonderful staff that, that puts out these beautiful um, images on Facebook and Instagram and even on Twitter. We, we, we would encourage you to, to share those things with 
with others so that so that others might come to know God through Jesus Christ. You know, it, it may very well be even that you are tuned in today for this very reason. You know, I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's a mistake that uh, some, of my, some of my old friends and old parishioners or even distant family members, even, even of mine, let alone Morgan and, and Ridges and, and Sharon's and, and other, other members of our church, we have folks that have not yet connected with a local church. It may very well be that there's a reason that you've joined in today. It may very well be. And I think it probably is so that the Holy Spirit can bring you, bring you closer to Christ, bring us all closer to Christ on this day. So, I would encourage you to be open to the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, we're saying we believe in the miraculous we believe in the extraordinary ways that the Holy Spirit works, but we also work, we also believe in those ordinary and those usual ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Would you bow with me, please? Oh God, we have folks who are joining in today. They're not exactly sure why. They just have a lot of cabin fever right now, and they happen to run across our YouTube page or Facebook page or website. There are others who are joining in today, and they're sitting there with their families, not, a, not exactly sure what else to do on a Sunday morning other than to watch a worship service with their spouse or with their families. God, I believe that it wasn't just by accident that they tuned in today. God, I believe that you want to speak a word to them, a word of grace, an offer of salvation, assurance that you indeed do love them, assurance that they are your children. So come, Holy Spirit, right now where people are tuned in, they're in their living rooms, they're in their bedrooms, they're in front of their screens. Come and speak your words to them. And those who are not yet, who have not yet taken a step of faith of trusting you, Lord, give them the prayer to, to pray. A prayer that we all pray. Lord, come and be our saviors. Lord, we're scared. We don't know where else to turn. We're scared of dying. We're scared of what's going to happen to our families. We're scared for our financial futures. But right now, we put our trust in you. Jesus, we put our trust in you with our sins and with our future. Come and be our Savior. Come and be our Lord. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh and anew. Come and perform your miraculous and extraordinary deeds in our lives. Come and act in those common and ordinary ways. We pray all of these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.